0: Was the big tits hanging down to knees?
1: Maybe I'll choke the chicken, purge my snorkel all over them flappy-ass tits.
0: Good, we'll have a good
1: fucking time. I will. I hope she likes cripples. Bitch, I will crawl over there, and I will scum fuck the shit out of you! Now, I'll get the crutches for you. on
0: my pole right now bitch. by the mid-2000s a new subgenre had begun to dominate mainstream horror though arguably an extension of splatter and slasher films the term torture porn entered the cinematic lexicon as a way to describe a wave of ultra-violent and gory movies that were steadily gaining in popularity. Though the term was reductive of many of the movies produced during this time, series such as Hostel and Saw, with their extended sequences of human suffering and gore, were labeled as torture porn. One filmmaker who was also thrown into this blood-red category was Rob Zombie. Zombie's first two films, House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, are arguably torture porn, but they also feel like throwbacks to the Splatter era of the 70s. Zombie's love of classic horror was clearly evident in his first two movies, so when the time came for the inevitable reboot of the Halloween franchise, Rob Zombie seemed like the perfect person to guide the classic series into the future. However, unlike many of the directors who have taken the reins of a Halloween movie, Zombie did not try to emulate the feel of the original. Instead, he brought his own brand of violent, grimy horror to the series, and he ended up making a movie that feels like Halloween only in very superficial ways. Was Rob Zombie successful in paying tribute to John Carpenter's masterpiece while making the movie his own? Would the movie be better or worse if it was completely separated from the Halloween franchise? Find out tonight as we discuss the 2007 reboot, Rob Zombie's Halloween, here on The Last Theater. Welcome to part 9 of our Halloween franchise retrospective. My name is Chris. And my name is Joey. And welcome to The Last Theater. If this is your first episode of The Last Theater, go over to CNJRadio.com. Listen to all of the Halloween franchise reviews and commentaries because we have kind of given context for the entire series. It's interesting looking back at each movie, they're very much a product of the time that they come out in, except for maybe the first one the original because it kind of it had its influences we talked about that but it started its own thing and it was the initiator while everything else kind of followed the pack
1: yeah
0: right off the top of the bat i kind of know how you feel about this movie but first question do you think that it's fair to label this movie as torture porn along with Hostel and wolf creek and some of the saw movies and stuff like that
1: i don't think it's totally fair and this is coming from someone who's not a fan of this film i'm gonna put that right out i think that there's elements of the times in there yeah but it's kind of like the other halloween sequels like halloween 2 feels more like a friday the 13th movie at times right it's not out and out that but it has elements of it yeah so the slow burn and the slow kill and all that stuff is definitely evident in Rob Zombie's version of Halloween, but I don't think I don't think it qualifies as torture porn. Yeah. It definitely appeals to people that like those movies. Yes. So that's that's my opinion on it. I think there's elements with trying to be old school at the same time. There's a constant struggle in Rob's movies. And I think Rob pulled off that balance pretty well for me in his first two films. Yeah. That's that's the answer to the question you gave me.
0: He also wasn't kind of I hesitate to use the word handcuffed, but with what he produced, it felt like he seemed like it felt like he felt that he was handcuffed to put in certain things from the original Halloween, whereas if he had just made a movie on his own that started from that point and just went off on it on its own, I think it probably would have been better. I don't, I'm not a fan of this movie either. We'll go ahead and say that. Um, okay. The recent viewings, I've come to understand a little bit more of why he did certain things. I think... But as a movie, mm, it's it's not it's not great.
1: So let me ask you a question, Chris. All right. The supposed original pitch to Miramax about doing this with Rob Zombie is that Rob wanted to do a prequel that was just a prequel, mm. not what came out, which is prequel into the modern you know Michael yeah. Myers as an adult. Yeah. You think it would have been better?
0: Yes, I do, because as the movie stands now. It feels like two completely separate movies. After the 54 and a half minute mark, somewhere around there, it, it changes. It's, it's one thing and then it's another thing. Yeah. And like I was saying, the first half feels like a Rob Zombie movie. It does. It's populated almost exclusively by garbage people, with one exception, maybe two. And the second half of the movie is an imitation of the original Halloween with but then he does go off into his own because the style of horror is so different that rob zombie brings to it which is fine it works for him in some of his movies i'm not a fan of all of his movies but his first two at the time when this came out in 2007 i was a huge fan of rob zombie
1: yeah and exactly that's what i wanted to bring up before we get too involved in rob zombie's halloween is I don't know if I was prepared more for a movie than this at the yeah. time. I really, I followed everything about this. Mm. And this is going to lead into, you know, is the build better than the actual thing? Right. Uh, talk about that in party culture. So <laughs> it's like that. I read articles upon articles, online, print, what have you, mm. and knowing he was doing this. I'm like, this is a perfect idea. Yeah. Uh, as a music fan, I equate this with the Van Halen 3 album. Mm-hmm. I was actually excited for Gary Sharon to be the new singer for Van Halen. Yeah. And most people know how that turned out. <laughs> but I was so on board and I thought this is a new beginning. It's a new birth. Mm-hmm. And I was ready for it. Right. So, uh, man, ended, like just going on IMDb every now and then and be like, who's in the movie? Reading the cast. I yeah. was super excited. And I was super pumped that it was using all of his friends. I didn't yeah. care at the time. Right. Uh, so you know, and uh, Malcolm McDowell is Loomis. Oh my God! Okay, yeah. Donald Pleasance is dead. But I was like, man, that seems like a really good choice, right? <laughs> so I bought my ticket. <laughs> I was first showing on opening. It was like a Labor Day weekend or something. Okay, I was there for the first show on the first day on Friday at my local theater. Man, I sat there, and I sat there. And I sat there, and I I didn't I wasn't enjoying myself. Yeah. And I always tell you, Chris, and I told you this many times over our relationship here, is that I have been pretty lucky that I can count on one hand movies that I paid to see that I was mad that I paid to see them in the theater. Right. This is one of those movies. Wow. Maybe I built it up too much for me. Yeah. Maybe I had too much expectation of Rob. But I don't know, man. I think if he, all he had to do, honestly, with me was keep it simple. Maybe right. I'm wrong for saying that to an artist, but I've I've said this to anybody who would listen over the past twelve years. And yes, it's been twelve years. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah. This is the second time I've seen this movie. First time I've seen the director's cut because you know on the box set you only get the director's cut.
0: Yeah. He took. So wait, sorry. Pause. No. You had you when you bought the box set, you didn't watch it. No. Wow,
1: okay I watched I actually watched Halloween two, Rob Zombie's Halloween two, for the first time ever. Wow. Upon purchasing the box set. Okay. So there's that. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no continue.
1: No, no, no. You have to stop me. I'm gonna rant a lot during this (laughs) episode. And for those of you who aren't fans of me, I'm sorry you're gonna hate this episode. (laughs) You took a great character like Michael Myers, who I'm gonna say thank you goodnight after this. (laughs) This character is so good and has been so good. And I'm I'm kind of leading in into you here, Chris. Okay. What is the best thing about the original Michael Myers character?
0: You didn't know anything about him. You didn't know where he was coming from. You didn't know what he would you didn't know what he would do because you knew nothing
1: about him. Exactly. Yeah. Watching this film, you learn everything about him. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't like what I saw. Yeah. I mean, and I I I know I know Rob's bit. He's a he's a one of those serial killer fanatics. Probably not as much as Jonathan Davis is, but I know he's a Manson guy, yeah. and, and he's fascinated with those things. I and mean, well, whatever. He actually,
0: um, I listened to the commentary on. Oh, you <laughs> so did. I've seen this movie like four times now. Oh, oh my god! But, um... <laughs> Brave man. <laughs> not to get you off track, but talking no, no, about no. Manson, there's a scene. It was cut from the movie, I think, but in the deleted scenes, I watched some of those too. Oh. He he recreated. One of the shots that he remembered as a kid of Manson being taken into jail, he recreated that with Loomis. I think it was no one of the cops taking my kid Michael into the psychiatric hospital for the first time. Oh, okay. So yeah, clearly a a serial killer. I don't know what you would. Like, yeah, Manson either. Manson's a
1: psychotic cult leader. He's yeah. not a serial killer, quote unquote, but he yeah. was responsible for a lot of deaths. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's that. That's why people are fascinated by him because yeah, of that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So. As, but yeah, he. Rob Zombie took this character and turned him into a regular ass serial killer. Yeah. Family issues, mama's boy. I mean, all, you click all the checks on serial killer profiling, and I yeah. know it's a big deal. Everybody loves yeah. it nowadays. Killing animals. Yeah. And, it's yeah. bigger It's bigger than ever, this serial killer thing. We, yeah. Now we have Netflix series dedicated to serial killers, yeah. and that's fine if that's your thing. Uh, I think that's a little, eh, you know, that's my yeah. opinion, to be like that obsessed with it. However... He took this guy, and the best thing about him is the unknown. That shot where he pins Bob against the kitchen pantry or whatever that yeah. is, the wall, and then he turns his head, that famous shot, and that is the mystery. What's going through his mind? Yeah, Is he exactly. processing this? All uh-huh. the stuff. Clearly, this version of Michael Myers processes everything. Yeah. And I actually get way beyond the mask. Yeah. And if that was his goal, then he achieved it, because... When the mask is on him later mm. on, mm. I just see that little kid.
0: And that's the thing. I was going to say that when you were talking about him looking and not knowing what's going on through his head. Yeah, exactly. That's scary but then it's a i guess it's a different kind of scary but it's when you see in this movie in rob zombies you see later on when paul we get to see paul in this movie uh, when he gets (laughs) killed and he's hanging up he has him like strung up at the in the front doorway and there's that scene where he like pokes him and and it's similar to what he did with bob but like you said when you said that i immediately thought before you even said that you pictured the little kid that's that's what it is like you don't you you know exactly what's going on in his head and it's this little boy who had bad stuff happen to him but it's something that you know and can process okay. so it's not as scary. It's a different scary but not as scary
1: yeah because I mean of course they have him kill his sister uh, during his origin yeah. and you know this from the original right So yeah but at the same time, there's so much else. They, they laid a lot of track yeah. in this movie before he killed his sister. Yeah. And once again, it's the unknown. Like, why did he do it? Why did he snap like yeah. that? Like,
0: It's what? interesting. I was thinking about <laughs> that earlier when we were kind of preparing for this. Rob Zombie explains so much about Michael as a kid and growing up and everything. He spends half the movie on it. But... Yeah even doing all that you still don't really know exactly why he kind of started doing why why that night you know i guess what i'm trying to say is he kind of still achieved the same thing where you don't really know exactly where he's coming from because what what's what snapped him what started it besides just his parents or his mom and the her boyfriend were terrible and his sister was terrible like is, is that it i guess
1: yeah on a lower level of this, the same shit happened to me right I was bullied in school yeah I come from a broken home yeah you know I didn't get along with my sister at all yeah. and Michael Myers
0: <laughs> saying that Michael Myers shouldn't be someone that you relate to. you shouldn't see your childhood. lots of people have been bullied as well and, yeah. I mean not to diminish anything you just yeah, said no I but I mean lots of kids and to see that. You shouldn't relate to this character because he's the shape. Like yeah. he is this thing, this embodiment of other things. Yeah. He's not a person. He's yeah. this embodiment of stuff.
1: No, and I, I don't. I don't say that to garner any sympathy yeah. or to try to relate to this character at all. Yeah, I know you. Because don't. I, I didn't let it get me down. Like right, I right. rose above it. Yeah, you know. So yeah, suck it, Michael. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just yeah. It
0: he le- puts a lot in there. Zombie does that. Like I said, you're just not supposed to relate to this guy. You're supposed to, he's supposed to be completely unrelatable and unknowable. That's that's the whole yeah. point of the
1: character. It's like there's certain characters in his other movies where I could have maybe used some character development right. to try to feel something for them. Yeah. As much as I like House with a Thousand Corpses, I didn't feel anything for the teenage victims because right. they were all assholes apparently. Yeah. Garbage people right up front basically, yeah. with that's... the exception of maybe Rain Wilson's character. But. Yeah. He struck me more as like a guy that wanted to be cool to hang out with other people.
0: Yeah, and you don't get to know it. Rob Zombie focuses on the bad guys. He's one of those people that... And that's fine. Those movies can be good. I mean, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't say that I like those kind of movies. Because Maniac, I love the movie Maniac. And that is completely inside the head of this killer. And there's other movies like that, examples. And they can be well done.
1: But I still feel like, and you're right, I feel like he was trying to make Michael Myers a sympathetic character. And I'm not yeah. down with that. Yeah. I, I can't be. And and also, I think I, I, I didn't think uh, Taylor was that good in it. I didn't feel a lot of sympathy for her. I actually think she's better in the second one. Uh, there's more depth there at that point. And, and plus, the character's been through more by two. And I don't want to get into it too much there, uh, maybe on the next episode. But I don't know. I, I just didn't. I didn't feel a whole lot for her. I mean, yeah, you're. I was rooting for her by default watching this movie. The Laurie character? Yeah, her, Yeah, yeah the, the new Laurie Strode. And it's not because she's not Jamie Lee. Nobody's Jamie Lee. And yeah. I, I, I was ready to make all that go away. I really was. I gave him everything of me <laughs> to enjoy this movie. And it's one of my least favorite movies of all time. Wow. On right. principle, but also I don't feel the need to really like ever watch this. And then director's cut's worse. I don't know how much you want to get into it on this episode, but there's Mm. some shit that he chose in there that's horrible. Yeah. It makes it a worse movie.
0: It does, because it makes people even less... Like, they were already unlikable, but it makes them even less so. Yeah, and I talked about
1: being sympathetic to Michael... Yeah. There's one scene clearly in the director's cut that makes Michael a sympathetic character, and yeah. he leaves it in his cut, and that was just like it's a horrible choice.
0: Yeah, it's you're talking about the scene where Michael escapes from the mental institution. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of go a little bit in order, I think. Okay. So so we'll kind of talk about that as we get to it. But
1: no, that's fine. Sorry, I, I go way off the rails on this. No,
0: it, it it's <laughs> cool because this is one of those movies where we're probably not going to recommend that people necessarily watch this. Um, unless you're just a huge Rob Zombie fan. And if you are, then you've already seen it. But, <laughs> right. Um, so, Not even if
1: you're a Malcolm McDowell fan. I mean, yeah, God, he
0: I... wasn't great in it. And to me, like as much as Laurie, we didn't get to know. She didn't appear in the movie until like 55 minutes into the director's cut. Yeah. Uh, I timed it when I was in the theater watching it. I was watching it and I didn't see Laurie <laughs> and I still didn't see Laurie And so I got out my my phone, which I don't do in theaters. Don't do that at home or in theaters, please, because I hate it when people do that. But I had it kind of hidden at my side as I was looking at it. Because I wanted to know how long it was going to be before she showed up. And it was like like 54 minutes or something. And that was a theatrical cut as well. So we didn't get to know her. Uh, Rob Zombie even said in the commentary, like, it's very emblematic of the problem that he kept repeating anytime we would see Laurie babysitting that... He said, I felt like Lori was too far out of the film, so I had to put the scene in there to remind people of her, basically. So, <laughs> clearly he didn't write anything to try to develop her. Uh, so, it's clear the movie is about Michael Myers. As a Halloween movie, that's not a Halloween movie,
1: you know? Yeah, I just... And the way that Loomis shares the movie with the shape and the original... Yeah. I just feel like Malcolm McDowell at the end of the day, and I'll—I may even ex- expand upon this in part two. Mm. Just a bad choice for Loomis. He—he yeah. uh, choose the scenery. He does. He—he he,
0: his acting style is very big and bombastic, and he kind of dominates yeah. every scene he's in.
1: And by the time we get to part two, he'll yeah. ruin that character to no end. Yeah, like unforgivable.
0: It's—it's it's terrible because we talked about it the dr loomis character in the original was one of those characters that i mean arguably he was the lead and more than that he was his fear was palpable and that was what helped make us scared as michael was getting to laurie loomis knew what was going on and so he was terrified for her before she even started screaming as much as i don't like the michael character in this movie i hate the loomis character in this movie because he's arrogant He's selfish, he's... Every kind of, like, checkbox for a Rob Zombie character is in this Loomis character. He's just a terrible person, and he doesn't really have any redeeming value. In the director's cut, he kind of... he I mean, he does go after to save Lori, but it also feels selfish at the same time yeah. when he does it.
1: Yeah, and before we even know anything about what he's going to become later, yeah. it's just... It's very matter-of-factly. Yeah. Like... This is gonna make me look bad. Yeah, like that's what—that's the point I get across. Even when he's about to quit, Michael, when he's a kid, yeah, he's just like, man, you're making me look bad. I can't cure you. Like that's really what he gets. Yeah. at. Yeah.
0: So, so en- encompassing <laughs> the first part of the film, we meet Michael and his family. There's that opening scene in the kitchen where it's just people are screaming at each other. It's uh, Sherry Moon Zombie plays Deborah. Deborah his mother and William Forsyth plays her boyfriend and they're just screaming at each other every I think every character drops an f-bomb in this movie yeah every single yeah. one so he
1: and we're not even that prudish but when it's so obvious and you notice it that's not good
0: yeah I mean I don't care yeah. cuss all you want yeah but I think to me it just shows a lack of like voice for these different characters not everybody talks like that but everybody talks like that in these movies yeah Um, and
1: and there's so much stunt casting in this movie as i call it yeah i mean and i just disclaimer i love all of rob zombies regulars i love those guys yeah i uh, all the way down to tom tolls you know we got leslie easterbrook love ken foray he's the man foresight's awesome i don't even mind sherry people bag on sherry but she's yeah. she's got personality it's it works in most cases she's
0: a good horror movie star
1: there you go and, but in you know brad dorf seemed like stunt casting and you know to a, to a degree on the surface yeah. seeing it on paper it's like oh okay but he is such a great actor. Yeah. he dis- he's, a, he's a true chameleon. There's only very few true chameleons in the history of cinema. Yeah. Like Gary Oldman used to be one. Yeah, He was awesome when he was. Right, yeah. I, don't get me wrong. But he, yeah, yeah, he he was. Yeah. Uh, people like that. Yeah. Brad Dorf is so freaking good. And, yeah. But yeah, when he's actually like a physical presence on screen. And yeah. no disrespect to Chucky. I mean, he's perfect yeah. for that too. He, he's great in anything. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's the only... Yeah, him and annie's character played by daniel harris mm-hmm. are the only standouts in these two movies in my yeah. opinion that's yeah. it that's freaking it yeah. that, that's bad when you got a cast of a hundred <laughs> right you got two good ones that pull it off that yeah. when i see you on screen i want to see more of them right and they're supposed to be secondary characters yeah but if I, in my opinion, if anybody ran away with those two movies, it's those two people. I'll say it over and over again. I man. would agree.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that Annie survived through this one to make it to the second one. Yeah. Although her role in the second one is very thankless for the most part. She's yeah. just kind of a, a sounding board for
1: Lori in that one.
0: Yeah. But we'll talk about that when we get there.
1: <laughs> I want to talk about that one more because... <laughs> i kind of hate it less but it's there's also a lot to hate in that one too for yeah, different reasons it's a, it's
0: a tough watch and oh. i i hated it more on the initial watch but on this one i think it's softened a little yeah. but like i said we'll get to that so yeah we're talking about the the movie itself if you haven't seen it of course we said the first 50 some odd minutes is just michael growing up he has a terrible time at home he has a terrible time at school there's a bully everybody who's been bullied in their lives he has a bully and the principal is mean to him and he ends up murdering the bully um early in the movie yeah I mean, after
1: after he's either killed a bunch of animals or taken photos of a bunch of animals which, yeah i don't know how girls, you yeah. i don't know how you develop non-polaroids of animals at that age right. but uh, you know he gets around i guess yeah, he, hey michael's smarter than we give him credit for right. once again
0: somebody taught him how to drive <laughs> um yeah. but So that goes on, and then he goes into the hospital with Loomis. But my whole point of going back to that to build up to this is after he murders his family, his...
1: With the exception of his
0: mom. Exception of his mom. Because they did... I did like the scenes between Michael and his mom when he was a kid. Because I think this is one of the best acting roles that Sherry Moon Zombie has done. Um, It had to be. I mean, this this is a big gamble. Yeah, mostly because she's not crazy in this one. She's a mom and she's very subdued and yes, she's a stripper and she dances, but when she's with Michael she's like sweet and soft spoken and she looks like she cares. At one point in the commentary, after Michael kills the boyfriend and it's Judith's just, boyfriend and Judith, he's taken to the hospital Loomis as his doctor. Oh he Maybe doesn't notice. kill the baby either. He doesn't yeah. kill the baby, yeah.
1: And that's important for later. Right. Oh yeah, I guess so.
0: But <laughs> There's one scene where Zombie Rob Zombie was talking about how he directed the scenes in the hospital. Because there's a bunch of them. It goes on way too long. In one of the scenes where he has Michael and his mother and they're just alone talking to each other. He said that he would tell each actor individually things to say. But he wouldn't tell the other one what they were going to say. Hmm. And there's one instance, I don't know if it's in both cuts, but in the director's cut where... Michael's mother is talking to him and Michael says something about like how's everybody at home and Rob Said he did that intentionally because he knew that was going to get Sherry and that she would react genuinely and she did You can see her start to tear up a little bit. It's a genuine reaction for that Um, She does the character ends up killing herself after Michael kills a nurse in front of her almost she sees the aftermath because she's about to leave and um i think that scene was really well done for her too and it was one of the only tasteful things that rob zombie did is he didn't show it he showed the close-up on her while she was distraught and very well done and then when you hear the gunshot he's actually focused on like home video uh, yeah, Mike, little Michael, and stuff like that, which, which is a
1: signature of his. He, does, which he I uses didn't realize a lot of
0: home video stuff yet.
1: I didn't realize that it was actually a signature of his until like watching this one again because yeah. it pretty much it is in every one of his movies. Home
0: video stuff, uh, news footage, clowns, um, clowns, party scenes. Those are all like seventies music. Yeah, 70, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, you know me, Chris. My favorite era of music is in yeah. the seventies, and he loaded it up with a bunch of good yeah. songs. Uh, My my quick little complaint here on my sidebar is that I like this movie so little that even the songs didn't sell me. And also, it's a bad choice to use Don't Fear the Reaper as a callback. Not because it's not fun to call back to the original... Because by that point in 2007 The song's a punchline and a bad Saturday Night Live sketch uh, That's mm. my opinion yeah. But I think it's a bad choice to use the song in that uh, uh, Now because people just laugh When they hear it now Yeah. So Bad, I bad idea, thumbs <laughs> down for me
0: I laughed when On Halloween night when Michael's a kid And he's supposed to go trick-or-treating with Judith But Judith says like, screw you kid I'm gonna go bang my boyfriend upstairs And he's sitting out on, Michael is sitting on the front steps Before he murders everyone and then his mom is off at the Red Rabbit whatever uh, dancing. That's and a good callback. Yeah, yeah, that was a good callback. But the song that he chooses there is Love Hurts, and I audibly laughed because it is so on the nose. It's just goofy for him to put that there. Yeah. And he, in the commentary, he's like, yeah, I thought it fit better. It was a good choice. I was like, no, like, it's, he, he's not subtle. I'll say that, you know.
1: And he won't let it go, too, because yeah. that song appears in the second one, too.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) calling back to his own stuff, he really likes it. Okay, so we've talked about the first half of the movie, and can we
1: finally get to Laurie (laughs) Strode and modern-day Anfield? We're
0: gonna get to Laurie quicker than Rob Zombie got to Laurie. I'll tell you that.
1: I so things. Oh, oh, by the way, before we get to that, Chris, uh, it's kind of important for me to note that the original part of. That takes place like in what? Probably about 1981 or so? Or? Yeah, probably around there. Yeah, so it is updated for modern. So yeah. the the modern part here is 2007, which is where the film assume, takes yeah. place. So that's something, uh, just in case. Since the original is 63 yeah, to 78, I figured sure. it's worth noting. So.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense. Zombie was saying that he intentionally didn't date it. Uh, he, he was clear, or he knew that the older stuff evoked like this 70s early 80s era vibe and he said mm-hmm. he said as much but he said he didn't want to date it for because he wanted it to be kind of that timeless i suppose sure. and it, it kind of is but it also is modernized to the point the With the exception
1: of loomis walking in like fucking hair. cool hand luke yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just got off a motorcycle and yeah started. he said really <laughs>
0: zombie said in the commentary that he had to play it down because they had some kind of music in, on that on those shots we've him walking down the hallway as well When he's like mm-hmm. brushing his long hair back And he said it was like Superfly walking down the hallway So we had to kind of tone it down a bit But it's still like, it's weird <laughs> yeah. it, It's this hero shot of Dr. Loomis, and it's just real yeah. odd I guess it works for the character because he's such Kind of an
1: arrogant douche like... <laughs> Dr. Loomis not to the rescue Right, yeah, it's just I don't know, it's disappointing yeah. are, We are getting to modern day Hattonville. I know I keep throwing you off Chris Yeah but, uh... 55 minutes into the film. <laughs>
0: right, we finally meet Laurie Strode. And from the second half of the movie, most a little more than the second half of the movie on, it is a recreation of the original up until the end. So, Because he adds so much to the end. Big differences being it's modernized, the kids talk in very adult ways whereas in the original it was kind of an idealized version of kids from that time because i mean
1: kids have changed
0: yeah kids have always been kind of jerky but i think john carpenter's version of high school kids like i said was very idealized and not necessarily realistic but it was there for a purpose. It was the idealized suburban life, whereas in this one, it's more realistic, which is what he's going for. He's going for realism.
1: And then right off the bat, I just think that characters like this and characters throughout the genre you referred to at the beginning of the show, Chris, mm. they're just not very sympathetic.
0: Yeah, and that's a problem with a lot of movies. I tend to point out the Hills Have Eyes remake as a movie where I I hated everybody in that movie except for the dog like i think there was a dog (laughs) in that movie but everybody was terrible and the guy that they chose to be the hero i did i wanted him to die first he was a horrible human being wow the his wife actually i liked in that movie but we're not talking about that but that's a symptom of yeah i turned it off like 10 minutes in yeah the (laughs) the movies that came out around this time i'm not a big fan of the saw series i do not like the hostile series it's hard for me to get into some of these movies. I guess I have to turn off that side of my brain that's looking for a sympathetic lead. The humanity. <laughs> right?
1: I like a few of those movies. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about too. this too. But, I do too. But yeah. it's... I like some of the Eli stuff. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's i really have to be in a certain mood and i, have, I probably have to be in a yeah. fuck everybody mood right. to even remotely get into these again
0: and it's it's just it's selective i know that i'm being selective when i do that because i like yeah. older movies i like i said i like maniac i like some of the like gore japanese movies that yeah. have no great yeah. people in them so
1: and rob's defense that he's always said in interviews since then yeah uh, and he I've not seen him put it too much on the studio, so I don't think he had the interference that he's claiming. Yeah, I think he does that to maybe, you know, kind of put a little fire out with some fans yeah. that just tell him, flight out, that he ruined the franchise. You'll find tons of videos yeah. out there on YouTube telling you that. And I, once again, I like Rob Zombie. Yeah. I think he's a true artist. He's, yeah. he's proof of never giving up. He is kind of the American dream.
0: Yeah. This guy yeah.
1: was failing for years. And he never gave up on his band and he finally made it and right. you know, the whole thing. He even met Sherry when he was nothing mm-hmm. and that's why they work. And, you know, he's kinda of, he calls his own shots. He an amazing stage show, great ticket. Yeah. I recommend going to see him live. So I like almost everything about him. Yeah. But a lot of his movies lately. Not so much at all. And yeah. It's just and I know why I keep going in circles, but it just I just don't think he knows how to write. He, he's he's hit a few characters that are really interesting, and mostly right. it's the three from his uh, initial movies. Yeah, but man,
0: I think that Danny Trejo's character was interesting. Yeah, in well, and that
1: and that was one of the two non-garbage people yeah. you were referring to in yeah. the first half. Right? Who was the other one?
0: The uh, well, uh Michael's mom. Deborah, oh, okay, she's yeah, not a garbage yeah. person.
1: Yeah, that's true. She's. She's definitely aloof, and obviously she didn't...
0: She loves Michael, though, and she cares about him. She doesn't care enough about him to get him out of that situation, the home life, but...
1: It's a little pick-and-choosy, like, she loves him unconditionally, but not enough to probably teach him right from wrong over these years, and that's obvious. Yeah. You know, so Free Spirit-ish can have its drawbacks, I guess. Yeah. That's probably, that's the lesson I learned from it, at least.
0: And from watching the entire movie a couple times, the Myers family, there is a sickness that is in the family. It infects all of the members of that family, which we see at different points throughout the movie. It does make sense for his movie that she would have this kind of duplicity about her where she loves him unconditionally, but she's not taking care of him in maybe the way that she could if she were in a better situation. Yeah. Uh, and then the William Forsyth character is just
1: garbage dude. So, yeah, I mean, it, within a minute... like Automatically you... screaming at the wife in front yeah. of the baby. Yeah, and also alluding to incest. I mean, we're right off the bat with yeah. that.
0: Well, he's not related to Judith. So.
1: I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just it's it's all it's all yeah. bad, it's all horrible, yeah. so it's yeah so. <laughs> and he did such a there was so much cool depth in his like sheriff Widell character, yeah. and it's just like i I could go on and on about how great that was, yeah, where he's not the bad guy and he's not the good guy, and it's right. it's 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 a really well fleshed out thought out character right. that I think he had a lot to do with, yeah, so we'll talk about that maybe later yeah.
0: The I think one of the big problems is Rob Zombie does put a lot of characters in his movies, and this one we talked about the stunt casting, but there's just so many characters that take up so much space and time in the movie yeah. that none of them can really be fully developed to uh, an extent that would make you care about them you care about some of them because you recognize them. Yeah. I like the Ken Foree character because it's Ken Foree, and he's awesome, yeah. and he's fun to watch. And the minute he steps onto that screen, he's, like, yelling, and he's super yeah. happy, and then he goes and, like, poops for a while, and just, <laughs> and he gets killed while he's doing that. Yeah. So it's... it's. But I only care about that because it's Ken Foree. Yeah,
1: yeah. And how much better could the movie have been... We were talking about the Danny Trejo character. Yeah. If they'd have used him a bit more, yeah. followed him a bit more, a uh, little less Loomis, a little more him. Yeah. Because after a while, he is the one that cares for Michael. Yeah. And we already felt bad for him when yeah. Michael killed him. Yes, yeah. I, I want to spoil the crap out of this movie. Yeah. When Michael kills him, he talks and looks and feels so betrayed. Yeah. By Michael killing him. Why would you kill me? Right. You know, and I, I I, cared for you. I looked after yeah. you. Yeah,
0: and it wasn't a selfish thing. It wasn't, you shouldn't do this to me because you owe me because I yeah. was nice to you. It was yeah. like, I genuinely felt for you and he's he's hurt that yeah. he's killing him. He's not angry yeah so it's that kind of dynamic
1: you could have still had the scene with the garbage uh, guard yeah where he's like dude don't be like that kind of thing like to him and basically even you could even have a scene where he goes up to his supervisor and says hey look i want you to put me strictly on michael detail he trusts me i think we have a connection and i'm not gonna let it cloud my judgment because i know what he is and no one else should be able to assist me in this just even that one scene would have given so much depth yeah to this and some of this could have been forgivable on my end i think like i say less is more in this case yeah when it comes down to what michael is versus the people that surround him less is truly more in this kind of a movie
0: i think it would have been smart to eliminate all of the other garbage guards every single one of them just let it be loomis michael the mom and the Danny Trejo character, and that was it for the first half of the movie. Yep. Develop that all the way up to the end. The escape, he has to. He ends up killing the Danny Trejo character, even though he doesn't have to when he escapes. And that there's,
1: there's so many people who get killed that don't have to in this yeah, movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, yeah. But this one, by doing that, it sets up. If you've related to Michael, if you've ever felt sympathetic for Michael throughout any of the movie, that should kill it right there. Yeah, and that would kind of turn the second half of the movie into a scarier thing
1: yeah because in the director's cut his escape is different which we were going to talk about yeah is that these two garbage or this garbage guard and like a friend of his literally rape this woman who's a day one prisoner there yeah or whatever whatever she is yeah and michael stops the rape and kills those guys that Mm. makes him sympathetic then he goes and kills danny yeah when danny shows up to discover all these bodies. But that's so stupid and unnecessary. First of all, I hate seeing rape on film. Little does it serve a purpose. I I think think maybe I Spit Under Grave is the one exception. There's a handful of movies where (laughs) it serves a purpose, but a lot of time it's there for shock value. Yeah, and it's cheap shit. And if you eliminate that, and he just maybe kills a guard and then kills Danny or something like that. So much better. Like, that's just a way better choice. I'm not a pro. I I, I don't have a movie coming out next week. But I feel like that's a better idea. It's a better choice. It's just better writing. Simple is better. And the
0: original Halloween exemplified that in numerous ways.
1: So getting on to the
0: second half of the movie, let's just talk about... We're finally
1: here. Oh, wait, we beat his time by about 15 minutes. I'm clocking it right now.
0: So this, like we said before, the second half of the movie is basically the original Halloween. It's the entirety of it, but just compressed because they only have about an hour to do it. And there are still more characters that that kind of fill it out. A lot of
1: characters. Yeah. So Lori's parents are more there, like way more there. Yeah. And that's how do you feel about that? I don't like it because
0: (laughs) I mean it's a different era, so it does. I think it makes sense to change things for the different era, but since this is a Halloween movie. Having the parents there and having them be these loving—they were really cool parents. They seemed they were kind all right. Of, yeah, yeah. Like
1: normal, boring. Like yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't want to go on a vacation. Dee Wallace was
0: uh, Lori's mom, and yeah. she's great because she looks like a mom and she yeah. acts like a mom yeah. in most of her movies. Even when she's like a scientist or something, she feels like a mom. Yeah. So, because <laughs> yeah,
1: she's E.T.'s mom, yeah. And she's, she's the she's uh, Scott Grimes mom in Critters, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love her.
0: And and then the dad was just this kind of goofball, kind of nerdy dad. And... Yeah.
1: Oh, he was uh, Scully's uh, brother on the X-Files. Okay. That's cool. Okay. I couldn't... It was bothering me yeah. the whole time I had to look it yeah. up. I was like, oh, yeah, I've been watching that again lately, yeah. so I know him. But
0: knowing Lori's parents and seeing them for more than, like, five seconds that we saw her dad in the original and then he was gone, Yeah. it, it changes the movie a lot. And this... So I'll say... I was going to say this at the beginning of the episode but i'll say it right now i'm not against remakes reboots reimagining things like that they can be great yeah they, I can count those on one hand they, too actually yeah
1: in my opinion yeah
0: some of my favorites the evil dead one i thought was great amazing night of, night of the living dead one was great uh there are more dawn of
1: the dead's pretty good yeah friday the 13th 2009 we talked about that yeah. love that those are my four really yeah. yeah the ones you mentioned the ones i just mentioned Man, what a great original idea for Evil Dead. They still kept it simple. Yeah. But they added an element to it that's more modern that right. really worked. Yeah. We'll discuss that later. And it still paid tribute
0: to the original with the blood and the gore yeah. and not the goofiness of the sequels, but yeah. the just over the topness of it to yeah. ridiculous levels. Yeah. And- Whereas in this one, I'm okay with a remake doing its own thing, or a reboot, or whatever you want to call it. I don't yeah. care what you call it doing its own thing and that's what rob zombie did but it didn't (laughs) to me it didn't pay tribute to the original and i guess kind of talking in the intro about how rob zombie wears his influences on his sleeve basically house of a thousand corpses was a riff on texas chainsaw massacre and texas chainsaw massacre is such a different movie than halloween that you should have maybe seen some like a disconnect there between that Mm -hmm. and that yeah. But I don't know.
1: It's and I was like, once again, this is the reason why I was so hopeful, because House of a Thousand Corpses into Devil's Rejects. Yeah, and they're, they're so, so different. They're so night and day. Yeah, and I was like, man, what a cool thing for him to do to make this yeah. like a '70s road movie with horror elements. Yeah, it felt like The Hills Have Eyes or something like, like one of those old ass '70s yeah. like exploitation horror. Yeah. Like, just so cool, man. Yeah, like. I was like, good for you, dude. Yeah. And even the wipes are different. Like everything's different about it. Yeah. You just have the same characters. Yeah. You know, and it you know, years apart in filming, of course, mm. even more so than people realize. Right. But yeah, that's why I really thought that he was gonna hit it out of the park. So it's my biggest cinematic disappointment ever.
0: Yeah. So I don't wanna keep comparing zombies movie to the original but yeah. it's impossible not to yeah i think so if you think we're being unfair to it yeah. sorry but
1: I, I laid my opinion on this before i heard what john carpenter said about it later yeah. where he was like eh, it wasn't very good yeah I mean, initially he had his blessing yeah. probably for the same reason that i liked rob right he gave him his blessing right. and say do what you want with it man Yeah. That's the famous quote. Make it your own. And he
0: kind of did, but he kind of didn't. Yeah. And said it a couple times already. (laughs) But the second half of the movie, the original Halloween, we talked about, built on tension, suspense, building up to something, and then release. But Rob Zombie's brand of horror is like grueling violence and noise and blood and just action and just keeping it in your face for as long as he can push it. And then he pushes it a little bit longer and then he might move on. And that's just such a departure. It just, it's, it doesn't feel at all like a Halloween movie, but to have him kind of mold, try to mold his brand of horror into the Halloween template just doesn't work. And one of the things that I, that struck me in the movie, so if you've seen Halloween, you've seen the second half of this movie, basically (laughs) Cliff's Notes version, basically, but with more violence.
1: Yeah. It's like when turner used to colorize movies right
0: yeah the boogeyman aspect is completely lost in this movie we've talked about that because he's a human being with human being brain and zombie does put in some of the lines from the original so when loomis does end up getting laurie out the first time and they're in the car, and she says, "Was that the boogeyman?" Yes, I think it was. I rolled my eyes. I was like, "No, yeah. I don't. I don't." This movie needs to stop. Yeah, when
1: Tommy's talking about it earlier, yeah. at no point do you get that feeling. Yeah, you just uh, never, don't.
0: Never ever. So I don't know. That's he's I can't, a douche in a mask. <laughs> I can't help but uh, compare the two as a movie on its own. I think there's still issues with it, even if this, even if it was. A different character it wasn't the yeah. shape it wasn't michael myers it yeah. was like clowny death head guy clowny death head guy <laughs> chasing lauren stroderman or something <laughs> then even if that were the case i still have some issues with the movie one the biggest issue that i have is how did michael know that this 17 year old girl was his baby sister
1: he never got that answer
0: yeah He saw her in the house. I realize this. Lori puts whatever she puts into the Myers house when Tommy... The the classic scene. Tommy said, you can't go up there. I'm doing it. She puts a scene. Zombie explained in the commentary that that Lori's home address was on whatever letter she put in there. That's how he knew where her parents were.
1: Oh, okay. That's how
0: he ends up at the house. But that doesn't explain how he knew that this random 17-year-old girl was his sister with a new name <laughs> with a new name new house because the only thing that he had was that picture that his mom gave him in the hospital when he was a kid of little michael and baby Lori. Yeah. or angel was what her name in as a Myers yeah. person
1: well, since he smelled the envelope he recognized her <laughs> smell from like a 100 years sure. ago that's of course yeah. i'm so stupid <laughs> This I I never if someone knows the answer to
0: that how he knew that Lori was his sister I would love for someone to explain that because I've I've seen it four times now and I've missed it every time if it's in there
1: it would almost be worth it to show up to like a fan con if Rob Zombie was there which yeah. I don't think he even does those yeah. but like be like that Simpsons geek where it's like <laughs> ah and then movie Halloween what, how does he even are we so I hope somebody got fired for that <laughs> that's how I feel right yeah. now up
0: to a point. You can think that he's just following Lori and it's just this big coincidence. But in the, I don't know if it's in both versions, but in the one we watched, when he's killing Lori's parents, he shows the mom a picture of Laurie, like holds it up before he breaks her neck. And then at the end of the movie, or towards the end, when he has Lori, he doesn't kill her. He's not there to kill her. He never, he doesn't really... He does try to kill her afterwards. Hmm. But initially, he doesn't try to kill her at all. He just wants to take her away. He takes her back to the Myers house, takes her to the basement. We know that he knows that he's her brother because he pulls out that picture, hands it to her, takes off his mask, and like kneels down before he drops his knife. So I don't know what his plan is. Rob Zombie said he left it ambiguous on purpose. So you don't know what his plan really is at that point. He's a kid. Kids do stuff that they don't know what they're doing. So it makes sense sort of, in, the, in that it doesn't make sense. Clearly, Laurie, you're rubbing your head now. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, Lori doesn't know, and she shouldn't know, that Michael is her brother, or that this yeah. is Michael, or who this thing in front of her is. So
1: she's not going to discover it until two-thirds of the way yeah. through the next film. Yeah,
0: which, yeah, all that <laughs> tracks. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I do need that explanation. Yeah. If you're going to explain everything else, the biggest plot point of the movie that is the motivation for arguably well definitely your main character and needs to be at least touched upon well, one more thing and i'll get off of this but adding to the point that in no point did i see where michael would know that Lori is his sister the only thing that i could try to think of is that somehow for some reason loomis had told michael about Lori, but that's not the case. And we know this because Sheriff Meeker in this confession thing that feels wedged into the movie just because he had to explain something says that he took the baby when Deborah, Michael's mom killed herself. Yeah. He took the baby away and did not put her into the system. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he, I guess he did. Cause there's a cut scene where Loomis goes to an adoption agency to try to find out oh. where the baby Lori
1: is. Well you could still like, you know, forge the signatures and all that and yeah. make it legal, you yeah. know, for those parents, those friends of his. The
0: thing with that is even in that cutscene, the woman at the desk who happens to be Adrian Barbeau, oh. she was cut out of the movie. Wow.
1: She refused
0: yeah. swamp thing. <laughs> yeah. She refuses to give Loomis any information. So one hundred percent Loomis does not know about Lori at all. <laughs> so until the second movie when we until realize he book deal <laughs> you got well, money yeah. you bribe her now yeah well because i mean he finds out during the course of the movie but it's after <laughs> michael's already chasing sure, sure, yeah. until the second movie where there's the mystical connection between the brother and sister that's not anywhere in this movie there is no mysticism whatsoever in rob zombie's first halloween movie so there's no way he knew it that's a problem that is Above anything else, even if you like the movie, that's yeah. you, um, that's you a, still
1: refuse to say plot hole. Is a, it a plot hole?
0: Yeah. 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 All right.
1: <laughs> We're going on record. If no one can, it's because it's an overused term. It is, <laughs>
0: but that is the ex, that's a good example of a plot hole because unless someone can explain it to me, there's no way he would know it. Okay. The end.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm tapping out too. <laughs> uh, four breasts. Four, four to six. You know that this is how I feel about this movie: is that I, I kind of dropped the ball on it. There's at least six. Six. Okay. Does that include Sherry? She didn't get in She, she didn't get, Oh, she didn't. But yeah. well, that's that's kind of rare. Judith,
0: Linda, Annie.
1: Oh, Judith! I forgot about yeah. Judith. Thank you, sir. Okay, six <laughs> breasts. See, this is how much I love this movie: <laughs> is that I don't even care about your breasts.
0: <laughs> okay. You want to get to the kill count? Yes, please. Okay. And,
1: and yeah, right. We're we're done with the main discussion. Almost around the same time that Laurie gets introduced wow. in Rob Zombie's mm-hmm. Halloween. I love this. Please, Chris, continue on. And uh, we'll find out if we actually have a favorite kill. I'm curious myself. Uh,
0: I mean, the violence is good. He He's good at violence. Yeah. He's good at blood and gore. And sure. for a splatter movie, it's fun. If okay. you don't think about anything that's happening and just watch the images, his movies look really good. Yeah. So his that, kills look really good. Like,
1: he's artsier and st- more stylish and people give them credit for. Yeah, in a absolutely. Sense. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Okay. Kill count.
0: It's a big one. Okay. So we're gonna be here sit down for a okay. minute and get, All right. get comfortable. All right. There are it. This was difficult for me because some of them are really quick, especially in the mental hospital. There's a lot of people laying around, so I had to kind of pick up on the fly, and I can't really confirm it because the thing that I tried to confirm it with was going off of the theatrical cut oh. and not the director's cut. Ugh. So I'll do my best.
1: I think I said go with the director's cut since that's the one we watched. We'll make it a part of it. Because they are different.
0: Bill Mosley was in the theatrical cut. What? And we did not see him in the director's cut because the way he escapes is different from the mental hospital.
1: Our friend Bill mosley he got cut. So
0: there's actually, there's some pretty decent chunks of the movie that are different in the the second cut. Yeah,
1: chunks is the right word.
0: (laughs) But I counted upon this watch 20 deaths. Whoa. Nineteen of them were by Michael Myers. So, oh, okay.
1: I know what the I know what the non Michael is. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah.
0: The first one was the bully, his name was Wesley, he was beaten with a tree branch by young Michael wearing the clown mask. Number two was Ronnie, who played by William Forsyth. He was duct taped to the chair and then had his throat cut. That was kinda of fun. That's
1: slightly yeah. creative, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I felt like images like that could have been in this version yeah. without so much original Michael. Yeah. Still could kind have of cast those two people. Good kill. Something they would call back to in part two, which yeah. we'll discuss. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's, that's contending right now. Okay, yeah. go ahead.
0: <laughs> Number three was Steve, who played Judith's boyfriend. He needed to go get a sandwich after he had sex with Judith. Hey, so
1: He didn't leave, like, uh, original uh, yeah. uh, Judith boyfriend yeah. like he at least went back for seconds and then seconds yes
0: it took so. longer than six seconds too apparently <laughs> uh but he was beaten with a baseball bat while he was about to enjoy his wonderful yeah. sandwich
1: aluminum bat the better weapon by the yeah. way and then, that, uh, then, i, then I like that too one.
0: like the yeah. the scene it felt Uncomfortable because you just heard the, the thwacking and that that mm-hmm. kind of pinging sound. Yeah. So and yeah, it was it's well done. He's a good director. He's not a good writer, I think. Yeah. Uh, number four was Judith Myers. She was weirdly so. At this point, Michael Kid Michael has the Michael Myers mask. Didn't work for me. He's got the clown suit. He's like four feet tall with that gigantic iconic mask. It just looks dumb to me. I didn't yeah, like it.
1: That was. That's probably where I fell out of the movie yeah. altogether. Yeah. That was... It had to be.
0: And he's also... So Judith is... Down the hallway. Just yeah. Look, it's
1: like midget wrestling. You know, you just can't <laughs> take it seriously. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. I 100% agree. <laughs> but he walks into the room and he weirdly kind of gropes his half-naked sister so that was unnecessary yeah so Um, two
1: two moments of incestual uh yeah insinuation there and of course the knife is a phallic thing you know yeah because
0: sidetrack tangent because we've talked about the the assumption of slasher movies the sex and violence thing of it and it's not that you can read into it if you want but you're probably wrong most of the time so in this one and michael myers has never had that kind of, I guess, sexual frustration. He's yeah. never shown that in yeah. any of the previous movies. Yeah. And it's... So for him to do that as a kid, it just felt like such a... Betrayal was the word that just came to my brain.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, of the character, so... It's a good word. Yeah. That's how you use it. So, but anyway, after that, he stabs Judith a bunch. She crawls out of down the hallway and he stabs her a few more times. Yeah. So that's the end of that first night. So this yeah. next one happens in the hospital... After a certain amount of time, it's hard to tell. Uh, Nurse Wynn, played by Sybil Danning, who I knew I recognized her and I couldn't tell what I knew her from. <laughs> and I looked up the IMDb and I recognize her most from Reform School Girls. That's yes. the movie I recognize Great I yeah. love
1: Reform School Girls. Yeah. She'll do um, an episode on that maybe yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, she played Nurse Wynn, who I guess that's a reference to Dr. Wynn from. Oh, absolutely it six, is. Six, and I guess the first one, although yeah. I don't think he was named. Yeah. Uh she was stabbed with a fork uh that Michael had just eaten his delicious yeah. lunch of like corn and whatever with
1: yeah. Was that actually on the tray or did he sneak that through his sleeve or something at some point? I think it was just
0: on the tray, which See, seems like a dumb idea. As
1: a s you know, why would it not be plastic in yeah. a place like that? That yeah. doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. Someone's got to be upset about that online, I <laughs> right. uh, Number That was number five.
0: Number six was Deborah Myers, played by Sherry Moon Zombie. This is the lone one that was not killed by Michael Myers because she killed herself. Yeah, I guess you could say he kind of, liked yeah. led her to it.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd pin it on him if I was a lawyer. <laughs> right.
0: Numbers seven and eight in the director's cut are the two garbage... Uh, a Ra- attendance rapist in yeah. the one of them played banjo from Devil's Rejects yeah. and another the other one I recognize. I, I couldn't tell you what he was yeah. in but I've seen him in a bunch of stuff uh, they both had their head bashed against different walls Uh, number nine was that attendant lady that was uh cut up we didn't see what happened to her she was just bleeding out of the face yeah leslie
1: easterbrook from police academy and and the second mama firefly in devil's rejects when they recast because karen black was was not brought back and then they brought leslie easterbrook which she's so good that she just yeah. Be, a lot of people didn't even realize that role was recast. Oh, really? But I of course...
0: 100% new. But, but yeah. Right,
1: but uh, she did a great job. She did a great job, yeah. She was definitely part of one of my initial kind of puberty feelings, being <laughs> right, uh, yeah. in Police Academy. Uh, who, If you were of a certain age, she was, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, she deserved better. I'd right. like to see more of her in that, but that's just me being selfish. Anyway, but yes, yeah, she she got killed.
0: <laughs> she was technically still alive when we saw her, but yeah, she was, she was going to yeah. die. Uh, numbers 10 and 11... I'm a little unclear exactly if these are all correct in this area, because these are all when Michael escapes from the mental institution. I counted two guards that were just dead on the ground, and that's when Danny Trejo's character was coming in. He's Those are the two that he sees, and he checks on before he sees Michael coming down the hallway.
1: And one of them wasn't the rapist? No, they were,
0: they were actually like security. They weren't oh. uh, the attendants, like oh, the, okay. the doctor, right. nurse, gotcha. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then number 12, of course, was the Danny Trejo character, Ismael. Ishmael, yeah. was this I think, was his name. Uh, the most heartbreaking kill in the movie, yeah.
1: 100%. And he, not my favorite kill because mm-hmm. it just went on too damn long. Yeah. Like, okay, we get it. You're drowning him. Yeah. Like, good God, man.
0: Because he was thrown against the wall, thrown over the table, beaten, head dunked into the water like three or four times, blood coming out, turning the water blood red, and then he was finally pulled back out, Michael ripped the TV off the wall, smashed the TV down on his head, which we didn't see that because apparently uh, Tyler Maine dropped the TV when he pulled it off the wall and broke it. Oh, my God. So, so that's why it cuts to black, which oh. I think is actually better because it's a, it's, if a zombie had his way, we probably would have seen, like, head explode, blood go everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's for... The big squish.
0: Yeah, so for, like, Deborah and Danny Trejo's character not seeing that I think is important because it's it's in your head and it sticks with you longer I think when that happens. Yeah. Okay. So Michael is out of the hospital. <laughs> Number 13 is Joe Grizzly. Yeah. Ken Fauré, he got beaten to death in a bathroom stall while reading his nudie mag, while... Swank,
1: by the way. Yes. I, I did take note of that.
0: <laughs> while dealing with, like, a taco burrito supreme or yes, something is yes. what he said, yeah.
1: Which was the scene they used in every sneak preview I saw of this on television oh, yeah. shows. Like, that's the scene they're going to go with? Is him <laughs> on the bowl? It's because it's Ken free I know. It. Yeah. I, I love Ken. Another and, guy who was on the X-Files once, by the way. Oh,
0: what was he? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I probably remember, but I saw it. Yeah. But, yeah, apparently... Tyler Mayne actually hurt himself when Ken Fere has the knife, is going to stab him, and, yeah. and Michael is, like, slamming his head or his hand up against the side of the wall. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's not a fake wall that they're bending. That's actually, like, a steel bathroom stall. Good God, man. So he, uh, Rob Zombie said that Tyler Mayne had this, like, hematoma on his arm after just bashing his own arm into the wall over and over again. Jesus. So he's, he's a tough dude, and he likes both of them. They were... The way he described this scene was that both Ken Forey and Tyler Maine were trying to... Neither one of them wanted to look weak in front yeah. of the other. So they were kind of trying to outdo each other in that scene. And that's, why it, yeah. that's why it comes across so well. But that also was apparently a, not a fun night to shoot.
1: It doesn't sound like it. Yeah. I like the name Joe Grizzly is maybe like a former Tough Man competitor yeah, or something. Yeah. I feel like that's maybe yeah. his rep.
0: Ended up driving trucks because that's all he can do. Yeah. 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 Why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're finally into the original Halloween at this point. The (laughs) most of the rest of these, well, I guess half of the rest of these are kind of from the original. The next one is Bob. He was stabbed up against a wall, not in the kitchen. He was on the second floor landing, but that happened. Number 15 was Linda. Michael does walk into the room with the the ghost sheet and the glasses on, yep. and he actually hands her a beer this time. Yeah, um, what a payoff! Yes, but Linda gets there's, there's
1: no old telephones. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Linda
0: gets way more nude in this movie than in the original movie. We yeah. see everything, and she gets choked to death just standing in front of him. Sure. And then there's there is that kind of neat uh, shot again. Rob Zombie's good with imagery. Where he's carrying Linda down the hallway, just yeah. it's it's that is a frightening scene because yeah. Taylor Maine is a giant human being, yeah. and the actress who plays Linda, she doesn't look like she's small; yeah. she's a tall lady. But just seeing her in his arms, just like completely defenseless and dead, yeah, like it's it's an unnerving scene.
1: It's a good way to be creative while calling back to the original.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow, something positive. <laughs>
0: number 16 was laurie's dad this one kind of made me laugh just because it kind of came out of nowhere laurie's dad was on the porch after laurie had taken off with uh, annie uh, it was a little bit after that i yeah. think he was gonna apparently there was a longer scene where he and michael had some exchange of words because he thought it was a trick-or-treater which how do you oh. mistake this like eight foot yeah. dude he's not eight feet. yeah but it's, it's like this six dude, six eight i think like or something that. like yeah. that yeah but in the director's cut, probably in the theatrical too, he, it looks like he just gets punched. Just, yeah. It's like real quick. It almost looks fake yeah. in a way. But Is that I,
1: where he like slams the door and the music stops? Yeah. Very, uh, I don't remember if the music stops. But, but yeah. there's something like that in that movie or yeah. the next one. I can't remember. what are, that, that immediately reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Yeah. But this whole scene with him killing the next one up, number 17, death number 17 was Laurie's mom. Uh, her neck was broken. This whole scene is pretty... Um, disturbing as well because it's a home invasion and the way he shoots it michael is like i said he's a huge dude but he's so quick And when he punches the dad like super fast and then he slams the door, it does kind of feel like that you were talking about. And then when he goes inside and they have no idea what's going on, like what is happening Mm -hmm. and he just overwhelms them. And apparently there was more to this scene. Oh, I'm sure. But he didn't, he couldn't find a place to put it because Michael had to be somewhere else like really quickly. (laughs) It's like Oswald. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But when he slams Lori's mom into the glass table and like pulls her up and she's like bleeding and she's... Pleading with him Like she has no idea What's happening But she sees that He's just picked up A picture of her daughter yeah. And so she's more Worried about that At this point When she notices that yeah. It's it's pretty heartbreaking too. Because she's a good actress Yeah exactly You actually
1: get that Out of her yeah. uh, Conveyed her emotion yeah. And all that stuff so. Yes Number 18
0: Annie's boyfriend Paul showed up In this movie He did not show up In the original But yeah. he shows up here only to get killed before anything can really happen with Annie.
1: Uh, he got he got decent. I mean, <laughs> he got <laughs> he about three quarters. His, of, for a Halloween movie, yeah, okay. like he got about three quarters done. He was getting close. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say.
0: Annie did not get killed. She got beaten up real bad and bloodied and dragged across the floor, and she was almost dead. But she did not die in this movie, so she is not number nineteen. Number nineteen is one of the police officers. That goes into the the Doyle house after Laurie and Tommy and Lindsay have called the cops. He gets stabbed up against that glass door and his face smooshes up against it and blood squirts out.
1: That's right. And
0: then the 20th and final death in the movie is the other cop. Oh, he okay. gets knocked in the back. all
1: right.
0: <laughs> so arguably, okay, so this is the end. And I do need to say this before we get out of here because it kind of pertains to the kill count. Uh, depending on how you want to look at it. In one version, I don't know if this was the version of the ending that was released in theaters or not. I can't remember. But in the th- original version, the alternate ending now, I guess, is that... So Michael takes Lori, He takes her to the Myers house. She gets out. There's a scene in the pool where Loomis shoots Michael. And that's where they get the, the boogeyman line. And you think, okay, movie's over. Yeah. It's not over. Of course, it's never over. So Michael goes after Lori again. In the director's cut, this goes on for a, a long time. It's probably, it feels like another like 10 minutes or more.
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember going that long yeah. originally.
0: But in this other version, Michael gets Laurie and has her kind of like holding her in front of him. Loomis gets out and he's trying to talk him down because Michael's trying to take Lori back into the house. And Loomis basically talks Michael down and says, like, go over, Michael. And he kind of reasons with him to the point Enough to where Michael lets Lori go. Lori steps away. She goes to Loomis. Loomis holds her. And Michael takes a step forward. By that point, cops are there. They've had their guns drawn, but they're holding back because Lori was in the way. When they see Michael take one step forward, everyone opens fire. And Michael is shot multiple times, a la the ending of, say, part four, when he gets shot like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's dead. And that's how the movie ends. There's nothing after that. So, he could possibly be the 21st death in the director's cut. So, as you know, that didn't really happen the same way. Lori does go back into the house and she goes into the walls, yeah. and then Michael starts kind of stalking her through the house. But the stalking section is very short because Rob Zombie doesn't like for stuff not to be happening action to be happening I should right. say. So Which
1: for a 70s guy it's yeah. it's a weird choice. Yeah.
0: So Lori ends up going into the ceiling and then that's when Michael has the 2x4 that he's bashing the ceiling with that <laughs> goes on and on and on and yeah. on and there's stuff falling everywhere yeah. and it's loud and there's screaming now and she Lori actually falls through the ceiling on yeah. the other side. And then Tom Hanks and Shelley Long show yeah, up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So eventually, long story long, Michael goes in there. They're on the second floor. She falls into Judith's room. Actually, Michael rushes Lori, and they end up going out over the balcony onto the floor where the actress that did that apparently got hurt real bad. Yeah. Uh, he he didn't really go into detail in the commentary, but he yeah. said that they had to go to the hospital yeah. for that for something. Um, and that's why
1: that goes to black. But that's yeah. a great choice. Yeah. Once again, because they they both kind of get concussed. Yeah. Or at least that's the idea. You you feel watching it
0: yeah so whenever it comes back from black they you don't know how maybe they both got knocked out and they and but Lori got up first michael is still out of it and Lori picks up she had loomis's gun at this point i forgot to say that because loomis yeah. went into the house too he got his head crushed yeah. but he didn't
1: die yeah uh, <laughs> unfortunately yeah. <laughs> so what it would have happened but we'll talk Lori- about that on the next right. one right
0: but Lori has the gun, and she's pointing it. She's on Michael's chest, and she's pointing it at his head. Lori's like a mask of blood at this point, or half-mask. And yeah. she's pulls the trigger. It doesn't fire. Pulls the trigger. She keeps doing it until yeah. she finds a bullet. When the bullet... You don't like a, see where Michael got shot, yeah. but you see this, like, geyser of blood. All So now Lori's face is completely red. Yeah. She drops the gun, screams like as long as she possibly can. But she's a great the, screamer yeah, by the way. <laughs> while the lights are going and the police are arriving at that point we can tell but the focus is just on Laurie as she's screaming and that's where the movie ends. Yeah. So in that one too you could think that Michael would be dead if this had been the only movie. Yeah. But of course we know that it's not. Yeah. He didn't and so that will be in the next episode. I just need you to explain both of those cuz Michael is sure. a potential death in both of them. Right
1: but you can't kill him it's in his contract <laughs> right yeah, that's true <laughs> but
0: so i think the ending there is, kind of sums up the entirety of rob zombies movie it's lori screaming 100 percent drenched in blood and that's kind of what this movie is
1: it's kind of how i felt leaving the theater <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you like rob zombies movies you might like it if you don't like halloween you might like it. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, I think that's the best way I can yeah. put it. If you think 70's pacing is boring, right. then you might like it. Yeah. Does this make more sense than 6? Or does it not? Uh, I guess anything makes more sense than 6.
0: Except for the biggest thing where we don't know how yeah. he knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like
1: that's almost more unforgivable yeah. than 6. Because 6 is not uh, set in any kind of reality. <laughs>
0: the... The (laughs) theatrical cut of six makes less sense because it's just like, huh? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Hey, look, you you show all these shots in the original. Let's just show some shots. And then the credits roll. That's all you got to do guys. Yeah. Okay. Let's please let's get out of here. All right. Well,
0: look forward to the next episode of the Halloween franchise retrospective. When we cover Halloween two by Rob zombie from 2009, I have some things to say about it that I don't know if they'll surprise anyone. I hated this movie when I watched it. I hated it. But I have good things to say about it in certain spots.
1: I've got two positive things to say about it. So tune in. (laughs) Find out what
0: we didn't hate in Halloween 2 next time on the Franchise Retrospective of Halloween. As we work our way to Halloween with the big wrap-up released on October 31st you will find that on cnjradio.com as well as all the other cnj radio family of podcasts of course spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you listen go check us out there
1: and on the last episode we will be doing what we did on the Friday the 13th franchises do our favorites rank them yes uh, individually yes we're going to rank box office we're going to rank uh, one of the critics list probably imdb yeah and if you have your own send them in if you can get him in yeah. before Halloween, I'll read it. How about that?
0: Yeah. Favorite death from this one? Uh, foresight. Foresight. It's
1: it's the most uh, it's the biggest payoff, I think. Like, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the most satisfying death if yeah. if I if I may. Uh yeah. Just the, the execution of it all and he deserved it. Fine. That's what this movie tells me is that, you know, we should just not feel any kind of emotion about <laughs> killing <laughs> things. Yeah. I'm going to go
0: just to be different because I think you made a very good choice with that one. I'm going to go with Linda just because of the image that I said of the aftermath. So
1: Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. See you guys on the next one. Bye.
0: be a while, so do you mind waiting somewhere else and let me pass this beast and feast?